Welcome to season five of the Life Giver Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life back into your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers. I'm a military spouse, clinician, and advocate, and I'm bringing topics that I hear from the service community and counseling room to the podcast, where we can face the challenges of this lifestyle together. What's up, fellas? What's Not much. Up? <laughs> How are you guys doing? Yeah. Well, um, let me. Uh, so we're actually. I mean, we're live, but I didn't send the link out to anybody. So I was gonna do a quick little lead-in about who you guys are, and um, and then just start asking you guys some questions. I mean, sounds like uh, you've already got some some things going on where you're trying to educate folks, and um, uh, really just. Uh, you know, background on all this is um, my wife and I are huge proponents of moving to telebehavioral health. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be able to cross state lines, just to be able to provide care, because yeah. the more we move around, the more mm-hmm. we get folks that we want to still invest in and mm-hmm. uh, that want to stay connected um, and not just like friends, but also for pastoral care, for counseling, those type of things. And we have just seen such a slow uptake on this as a new paradigm. And um, it's, uh, you know, read through you guys stuff again. And um, I I need to actually go through and reread a lot of that stuff in the symposium reader just to uh, refresh myself. So um, wanted to do this and put this out. It'll go out through Corey's podcast um, cause I don't have one because that requires commitment and I have commitment issues, and, uh, <laughs> but, um, what yeah, did you guys, you like backed out on our, like go out for drinks deal with Harari or something like that. I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> this has been, we are finally CGSC is a juggernaut. Um, and we are, we're at the very low point of what we think it will be. They got mm-hmm. to the point where they wanted to make it a mandatory master's. So they um, they they way up the workload. They like doubled it and um, took away a lot of good stuff like leadership training that's uh, a little bit more squishy and put in mm-hmm. a lot more um, operational stuff that we all were kind of like, oh, we don't think we uh, really need that. And um, <laughs> it has been like the coronavirus honestly has been a blessing to this post. We all like, we're all now you walk up and down the streets and everybody's growing a beard. And um, (laughs) because it's like, this is the first time any of us have had any family time for a year. And Mm -hmm. uh, while I'm, I miss going out to eat. I am actually really enjoying being at home and wearing sweatpants and growing facial hair for, <laughs> for a week straight. Right. Yeah. It's good for you. It's healthy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think this is uh this is an opportunity Corey and I've been talking about, and we'll talk with you guys um in uh for evolving and um not just the way that we provide care, but as who we are and and um the way we make that connection. All right. So yeah. Give me a second. I'll have a little sip of uh, lemonade and uh, we'll kick this off. Cool. Cool. All right. This is so silly. Um, It's just silly. Um, Hey everybody. Uh, This is Matt Weathers here. I've taken over my wife's podcast and um, I don't have one myself because I have commitment issues. I tried to start one and then just a weekly thing that just doesn't work for me. So um, I need a little variety in my life. And so therefore, I can't do this on a weekly basis, but this one is very important to me. These two people that I've got on are very important to me as well. And they've got some great things to talk about, to share, and a new way to look at things, a new paradigm for how uh, they create and sustain and initiate community within not just younger generations, but I think we can actually extrapolate this to everybody. We're all three U.S. Army chaplains, and of course, everything we say here is not a uh, an opinion of the Department of Defense, but I don't think you're going to find anything that's going to go against that. Um, we as chaplains are built to create and sustain community in various ways. Uh, our current chief of chaplain says that we are the anti-isolation uh, members of the team. And in the midst of the coronavirus and social distancing, and all three of us are actually on quarantine. I think James went on quarantine last night. Bingo. And so we're all, yeah, hey, you win. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so in the midst of that, we're trying to figure out how do you actually stay close and how do you encourage others to stay close and reach out 
provide counsel, provide care uh, in the midst of um, uh, be, having to abandon all the ways that we normally do that. And it's not just about how do you do chapel service on uh, online, but it's also about how do you uh, reach out and form new and different connections in ways with platforms that already exist. So I'll introduce these two guys. So I've got James Walker and I've got Drew McGinley. Uh, my previous posting, I was the um, I was an instructor at the Chaplain Basic Officer Leader Course, and I had these two guys who were all stars in their own respects and um, bubbly, uh, ready to get after it. And two guys that I just remember were really re-energizing me uh, for a love for the mission and for what we were doing. Uh, you kind of, I kind of, kind of came in a little tired after about ten years of being at war, but um, these two individuals. Uh, are representative of what I think is the best of the next generation of the Chaplain Corps. And we are going to be talking about a paper that they submitted and uh, presented for the Religious Leader Symposium. And uh, we'll provide a link to that so you can read it on there. But one of the things I wanted to start off with was um, Drew James. I don't know who wants to go first. You guys take turns. Um, what was it that led you to want to uh to put this information out and to get this not just get this information into people's hands but hopefully to make a difference to create an influence in a new way with um initiating and sustaining community through social media specifically with gen z and millennials yeah i'll, I'll start real quick if that's okay, okay. Drew. yeah i'm totally cool with that yeah coming out of um civilian world and this being uh our first duty stations uh, I just saw a huge hole in how we communicated uh, with one another. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all in formations, you know, military ways and, and those type of ways. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh -huh. But everyone I had communicated with, it was rather through, you know, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter uh -huh. or Snapchat or group chats. And I'm like, these guys are the same age as the guys that are here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it took two seconds to figure out, hey, guys, how do you guys communicate? Mm -hmm. And they said social media. So yeah. I was like, OK, we got we have got to get people on these platforms or at least comfortable or if they want to holistically you know, minister to our, you know, soldiers. Absolutely. So seeing what was going on with the current generation and seeing the disconnect from the method that we were using to speak their language. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Drew, what do you think? Yeah. yeah uh, you know, I've been, I was enlisted in the army. Uh, you know, I've been in 11 years now, or at the time, 11 years when we wrote this paper and um, seeing uh, as I was maturing in age, I just turned 42 days ago, so I'm kind of getting old now. <laughs> Happy birthday. But, uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, uh, um, you know, like uh, I got out of active duty and I joined, uh, you know, churches on the outside and working at, you know, middle-sized churches through 400 uh, up to 600. And was while I was working on my Master's of Divinity to become a chaplain, and I saw that social media and just online content and interaction was vital to the success of our churches. And um, as I moved into my first uh, battalion, what I saw was you have one chaplain trying to minister to 450 to 800 soldiers. Mm -hmm. um, and I was coming from churches that were around that size, but we had pastoral staff and additional people of upwards 15, 20 people to try to make this thing a, a thriving community. And um, how was I going to do it on my own without using the what everybody else was using? You know, I, I saw my junior soldiers that I was working around, you know, they're on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat mm -hmm. all throughout the day. Why not use that and speak into their world with their language? Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of like what I saw that from. And then also the other thing that I think was pivotal for me was um, like my undergrads in marketing and realizing that marketing has shifted in the last 30 years from just throwing a commercial, but really leveraging that interactive and making a person a part of the product and the product development, how it's sold, how it's advertised and all that stuff. And so how could we um, incorporate some of those same principles into ministry? Uh, so it's not just me talking to you and down at you, if you will, but 
how can you be a part of this? Yeah. And I, and I, I don't think it was thing. just Drew and I's experience. Like the, the data, the numbers back it up too. I mean, 50% yes. of college students use Snapchat as a primary means of communication. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, like for fun, it's not uh, just for inter- its utility. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're trying to advertise strong bonds by printing a piece of paper on a poster board in the hallway. Right. None, right. Of, none of my soldiers read any of those things. If, mm. you know, if I want to get into the, the river of communication, guess what? 50, 50% of college students use it as a primary communication or 75% of college students use it regularly. Mm-hmm. It's it just if you want to communicate, you have to communicate where they're communicating, I guess you could say. But yeah, you get the point. It's it's awesome. it's, it's the platform. Absolutely. I saw um, about five years ago, I just for a little while, I used a, uh, a HIPAA compliant software for scheduling um, appointments for counseling. And, you know, the old paradigm within the chaplain corps is, hey, if you want to get a counseling session, have them contact your 56 Mike and they'll get you on the, the books or whatever. Yeah. And so I sent out links through Facebook or wherever. And I was like, hey, here's how you um, schedule counseling. And uh, mm-hmm. and. And across the board, my counseling numbers went up and people were just like, oh, well, I can just I can reserve that. And it sends me a, an email back that, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, that, I, that I've got an appointment with the chaplain. And if I need to, I can show that to my first line supervisor and they can see that I'm definitely going to see. And uh, and so really it just became I mean, it wasn't social media, but just the use of the phone yeah. um, completely yes. changed the, the paradigm and the dynamics within that. Um, how much do you think this is a, this may be a random question when you're talking about things like Snapchat and Instagram, um, that are by and large driven by, um, images they're driven by, uh, I, I have a, a, I have a, in a prior life, I was an artist and, um, I lament that there's, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm married. I'm very type B. The army makes me type A. Um, so it, how much do you think that that changes th- this multitude of ways to communicate rather than just using words? How much do you think that that uh, shapes the way that we communicate? How much does it add to it? How much does it, you know, Drew, you were talking about marketing. We've got to think way outside the box for, I hate saying outside the box. We have to be extremely creative for mm-hmm. how we influence through our messaging. So how do you think that the, the methods that we use, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the methods that we use um, shape the message as well as uh, influence them to listen? Yeah, I think, you know, overall, I think the message uh, is probably always going to kind of stay the same. I mean, especially coming from a ministry perspective as chaplains, Mm -hmm. um, as a Christian chaplain, you know, the message is always going to – you know, as a Christian, I should say, my, my message is always that Jesus is Lord, but the mm-hmm. methodology on how to present that's going to look different. And I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think one of the things is uh, like with pictures and so on and so forth. Uh, I have a great example and maybe I'm jumping ahead to where we're wanting to go. But there was one time I did a ruck march with a bunch of Joes and we did a 12 mile ruck march. And there's these two privates that were brand new to our unit. And they got like, they're the first two people to finish this ruck march. And I found that out. And, you know, there, there was nothing like glamorous or special about them that made them stand out in an aviation unit. There were some mechanics. And I took a picture of both of them and I put it on my Facebook page. And I said, or on my Instagram and my Facebook page. And I said, hey, I just want to give a shout out to these two soldiers that did an awesome job. They're representing what it means to be a soldier. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like kudos on them. And I put that on social media um, and just kind of giving them chaplain love, I guess you could say. Yeah. Throughout the day, throughout the day, they're probably just going to be told, okay, make sure you do X, Y, Z, get the job done. And they're not Mm going to probably receive a lot of love. But by putting that on the medium that they speak and tagging them and their friends seeing it and their family seeing it, next thing I know is I was seeing like parents and grandparents, friends from back home saying, awesome, you guys are doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep up the good work. And so they were just getting love, not just from me, but from all over. And so I was yep. a facilitator of them, like receiving tons of positive affirmation. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I don't know how the rest of the week went for them, but I do know that I made a, a direct impact into their life that day. Yeah. And I can only assume that that impact affected them and how they responded in their work and then their relationships with those around them mm -hmm. um, and so on and so forth. So I think pictures, you know, the, I, I, the kudos was like the few words, but just push, putting their photo up there, mm -hmm. you know, all sweaty and that they accomplished something. I think that spoke volumes It made people stop and look and read what that content was. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know if that's kind of getting that what you're trying to what you're trying to ask. But I think it's the two like the, the words and the and the photo together are huge. I think it's key because here's one of the things that I hear. Um, well, before I say that, let me ask you, what did you want to communicate I mean, what's like when you talk about, you know, for you as a Christian chaplain, the message doesn't change. Like, what's the one thing you want to communicate to those two individuals about, you know, what you believe about them? That that they matter, that them as they're part of this large organization that, you know, um, when it all comes down to it, they're concerned about numbers and mm -hmm. productivity and not really about the individual's feelings, you know, for the for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Um, just like any business <laughs> for the very most part, <laughs> just like any business. Right. Um, right. Um, yeah. the feelings only matter so much as the productivity or the end goal. And, yeah. um, and as <clears throat> chaplains, you know, our role is a little bit different and I want my soldiers to know that they're recognized that they're not just a cog in a machine, but that yep. they're loved and, mm -hmm. um, that not just myself, but the battalion commander and, uh, the organization sees them as more than just a cog in the machine because our tendency is to feel that we're just a cog in a machine unless someone shows otherwise. And so yeah. that was my end goal through that messaging um, was to show that and then also show it to the wider world, too, is we're not just uh, that we really do care about each other as individuals, mm -hmm. you know, as people, we care about each other. Systems typically don't care about each other, if you will. Right. And so what I hear is like, so you want to communicate that message and that message comes with a feeling. So we think, you know, yeah. I matter to somebody and that gives us a feeling, a feeling of validation, feeling good, feeling seen, any of those feelings. Right. And what yes. we would normally want to do as um, most chaplains, we want to get up and tell people that and we want to say it and then we want people to just believe it. Like, I'm going to say it. You're going to believe it. Message sent is message received. Right. Mm -hmm. Um but it takes a very strategic thought process that we may not naturally be at. We may not naturally have if we haven't really thought it through and it's not uh, intrinsic to who we are to go, I want to create this thought and this feeling in this individual. Mm -hmm. What's the most strategic way I can go about doing that rather than just say, okay, you know, you matter, you're, you're valid. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. We have to do it. Yeah. And we have to do it in a way that they are going to receive that. So, yeah. I mean, if, uh, if these two young guys that were both like probably 20 years old, um, you know, that where, where are they? They are, are on social media. That is like one of their primary means of communication. And so for them to be validated in their own space amongst their peers, that's what speaks volumes to them. I could have stood up in a formation and said, yeah, these guys are awesome. And that would have been a passing moment. But this is now something that is lasting. Mm -hmm. It might pop up in their feed a year from now as a reminder or so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what's that's what's really important, saying it in a way that they feel validated. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's why we're on those platforms. Right. You know, like mm -hmm. my wife says she's a school psychologist and she says everybody it just comes down to the basic wants to feel loved or known, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So yeah. If, if you can leverage that, uh, you know, psyche of all of us just being human mm -hmm. to, uh, the way they communicate and speak and way that we can, you know, praise them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's huge. <clears throat> I've seen that constantly. Anytime, you know, I make a post that's about, I don't know me or what I'm doing, like not a big deal, but if I, if I'm, trying to make a show love as, as we're kind of calling it here towards a soldier. And I redirect the attention to, you know, the private or the group or what they're doing or whatever's happening. Like, and you, you tag a few, just like Drew said, I would, I would totally that agree, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it, it just has this ripple effect through their community 
mm-hmm. you know, and then it kind of creates this kind of funny thing too. It, it blesses you back in some ways too. Like, yeah. um, other soldiers are like, Hey chaplain, I saw you posted about so-and-so <clears throat> last week, you know, like when's my turn or, you know, <laughs> you know like, yep. get in line. Yeah. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, they, they, they crave it, you know, they do, they, you know, if you get tasked all day and nobody really sees you for who you are and then yeah. somebody comes along and just, you know, adds a personal touch, mm-hmm. it's appreciated, but there's something about taking it to this social media world, which is a huge part of their world mm-hmm. that, I mean, it, it really was just a massive thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I I got this not just from being in the army, but I saw it when I was a pastor at a church and um, recognizing that I have all these volunteers that are investing in my dream, Mm -hmm. if you will, of, uh, you know, they're volunteering. I'm getting paid as a pastor, but they're here giving their time and effort and um, recognizing, like, how can I show them that I appreciate them? Not just like, Hey, thanks for the good work. You know, that's, that's, that's fleeting. But when they're, um, their ministry, they're volunteering at the cafe or in the children's ministry or behind the sound booth Mm -hmm. and their photo gets plastered, plastered on our, uh, website or our Facebook and saying like, you know, we really appreciate those that are volunteering, those that are, you know, investing into what we're doing. And they're Mm -hmm. like the face of that, that speaks volumes to their hard effort. They, they, they see like that, they feel like they're actually making a difference. And I think that correlates right into the military too. Um, You know, we often tell our soldiers, you're doing a great job and they're investing in, you know, as us as senior leaders, they're investing into our dream, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, and not getting as much out of it as we are, um, you know, because they're lower ranking. So they're not getting paid as much. They're carrying the heavy loads while we're planning in the offices, so on and so forth. So how can we like let them know that they're making a difference? We let them know they're making a difference by showing the world that they're making the difference. And that's something I wanted to ask for James. So Drew, you just outed yourself. You turned 40. You're mm-hmm. a part of the Over the Hill Club, right? So James, how <laughs> yeah. old are you? I, I don't remember. I, I'm, I'm right there with Drew. I beat him by a couple of weeks. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. As well, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so I, look, wow, we, I look older. <laughs> you look older, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's the years and the mileage. Yeah. Um, so He's got more military years. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but you guys, when I read through, you guys seem to have a keen grasp on the needs um, and uh, the different distinctives for millennials and Gen Z. And one of the things I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they're, they very much want to be difference makers. They want to be making an impact. And I think some of the ways that that can play out through the concept of influencers, but um, um, how does that make a difference? You were talking about the, uh, how they, uh, sorry, I need a little, a little more lemonade here. Yeah. Mm. You were talking about featuring them and showing that they're making a difference, showing that they're making an impact and the feedback loop that that gives to them, which creates a thought and a feeling in their head, which then they associate with the chaplain. They associate with the caregiver. Um, How does that that feedback loop? And I don't know if this goes into your concept, the concept of second order cybernetics Whoever yeah. came up with that, because I, I, I don't know about <laughs> you. I the see, smart one, not me. <laughs> I, I see, I see cybernetics as like, I, all of a sudden I'm afraid of Skynet when I see cybernetics. <laughs> right. But, um, so it's really two things. Um, if one of you wants to talk about the, the generational differences that we need to be aware of and how we can meet that same message, old message in a new form, in a new mm-hmm. method. Or how that actually plays into the way that this all shapes itself out and maybe unpack this concept of second order cybernetics. So two things, generational stuff, second order cybernetics. Who wants to go first? Uh, Drew, well, Drew, I wrote the do, cyber- Drew, you do the cybernetics and I'll do the generational thing. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, when uh, James and I wrote this paper, I saw the call for the paper and I was like, I, I, I just finished my counseling degree because um, mm-hmm. I like doing that kind of stuff. And one of the things that really intrigued me was family systems theory, yeah. which says that within a, um, and I'm really like, 
uh, I might miss a few things because I haven't read up on it in a while. But so, uh, call Cray. I'm looking at it right now. So, if you misquote it, I'm going to call you out. (laughs) So, uh, cybernetics uh, or family systems theories based off of cybernetics, which is uh, like kind of like computer programming um, and understanding that if what happens in like one um, part of the system affects the whole system. Yeah. And, uh, and then it also affects uh, like, it kind of has like a recursive or like maybe a bounce back. So if a does something it affects B, but B also then affects a, which then changes a, and it's kind of like this ongoing thing Mm -hmm. um, that goes back and forth. And so that's what you would call first order cybernetics. Mm -hmm. And, And we see that in families. If, uh, uh, dad does something, it's going to affect the mood of the house, oh, the positive or the negative. Um, and then uh, with the affecting of that mood, that kid or the the the, the wife, the spouse may respond, which then mm-hmm. may escalate or de-escalate or, mm-hmm. you know, enhance or de-enhance and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And it keeps on continuing. Well, second order, order uh, cybernetics um, was proposed and it said that in family systems theory that the counselor actually becomes a part of that process yeah. and um, the counselor can affect the family, but also the family can, uh, its responses can affect the counselor and it goes back and forth. And so the fa- the counselor kind of becomes a part of um, of that system as well. And just to be aware of that is kind mm-hmm. of the whole principle and idea. And so what I saw on social media is one as a chaplain, we have a, the, uh, we're kind of like, if you will, the counselor within this uh, virtual community. Mm-hmm. If we participate, we're influencing by adding content. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, that content can affect us. We can see what's going on and we can read it and then we can adapt our message accordingly and kind of have this, if you will, a conversation with the virtual community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to take that a step further, kind of using that uh, story that I used uh, with those soldiers that I highlighted, mm-hmm. um, by me posting their photo on there, um, I spoke into, if you will, the family system. Mm-hmm. And uh other people started to speak into it too. When they saw the photo, like it affected those other people. So it didn't just affect those two soldiers, but every soldier in my unit that saw that photo Mm -hmm. was affected in some way, either for the positive or the negative. And I think overwhelmingly it would have been in the positive sense, Mm -hmm. Um, but then they would have responded back in some way. And that could then inform me to, uh, on how to continue to respond um, Mm -hmm. and how to do things. And ultimately, like the idea behind me posting is using that cybernetics, if you will, that family systems theory approach of if I affect these two people in a positive way, then they're going to have a positive impact within their squad and within their sphere. Mm-hmm. And it's going to bounce back to them as well and uh, and kind of spread, if you will, especially in the virtual world where we have no idea where the limits are. Mm-hmm. of that system like their grandparents back in tennessee were saying awesome job now those grandparents are going to have a positive view of the army yep um maybe their friend that they went to high school with is now going to say like oh maybe i should join the army because they got a good view of the army through that post yeah and i mean so how far does that cybernetic process go is really hard to determine in the virtual realm But if we're not actively engaged in that, then we're not a part of it. And so that was my main emphasis is we need to be a part of it so we can make that positive influence within that family system, if you will. Absolutely. I would probably contend that even a lack of engagement um, is playing into it because they know you're in the unit, right? They know the chaplain's in the unit. And if the chaplain is never going in there and liking a post – putting a post out there, making a comment, trying to make those sort of connections in, in any of these platforms, that can speak volumes as well. If right. they get to a point where they're like, you know what, I, 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 I see the chaplain, like there's a ministry of presence face to face at the motor pool, but in the rest of my life, the, will they, where they live the majority of their life online, there isn't that ministry of presence. There's not, there's that absence and that can have an impact on it as well. I think so. when we when we when we talked a couple of years ago where you're at now for the symposium, the uh, I think Jew and I probably got 
you know, the room just, when we said that the room just kind of like, I don't know how you want to explain it Drew, but like, like kind of puffed up a little, you know, kind of was like, well, you know, obviously the best ministry of presence is to be in person. Sure. And, 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 and we were not arguing that at all, but what we're saying is, but you're not ministering to the whole person. And if you think yeah. of it from their perspective, Mm-hmm. You're institutional. You're you're part of the machine. Your your job is to be at the formation and say good job. Mm-hmm. But if I enter into their world uh, that mm-hmm. is maybe 50-70% online with mm-hmm. how they communicate, now you're ministering to the whole person and and that yeah. ministry of presence is a huge deal there. I think I've all my dividends have paid off almost when when the two connect, when mm-hmm. yes. when when the in person and the virtual somehow connect, mm-hmm. is really when they say, I can tell like they're saying, you see me, you know me, yeah, and and that's a big part of it, yeah. I think it speaks to introversion as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, too often, I think I'm an extrovert. Uh, I see a lot of chaplains that are extroverts, um, and so being out there with people, that's kind of where you get your energy. But mm-hmm. being in, you know. In all honesty, I'm kind of a weird extrovert in that I I hate motor pool ministry. Like, mm-hmm. in all honesty, <laughs> I did my entire battalion time as a chaplain, rarely go into the motor pool. Full disclosure. Just <laughs> because a cold call walking up and be like, so how's it going with fixing the truck this Monday? And, and that's how yeah, social yeah. media helps you crush it because yeah. you already know these people online. You've already seen mm-hmm. what they did last week and what they did this weekend. And whose birthday party they went to, or they were, you know, upset that the Lakers lost, or whatever. Yeah. And then when you come yeah. into their their Humvee area, you're like, "What's up, man? I saw like, you know, the Lakers lost. How you feel about that?" Or like, "Oh man, can you believe NCAA got canceled?" Like, because you know they're just on fire about it. You know, like you just have like you have that card in your pocket, so to speak. Like it's yeah, it, it was a huge win for me instead of feeling like a dork walking up being like, hey, guys. Like, so I'm not I'm not going to I'm going to imagine you didn't just call me a dork, but that's OK. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you said that, James. It gives you an insight into mm-hmm. into people that may not otherwise just automatically engage you and tell you everything about their life where you can go online and, and read most of that. So, yeah. right. Yeah, and and that it really allows you to to cultivate your ministry on a personal level instead of like doing the whole pray and spray type approach to yep. individuals. It really gets you to recognize, okay, who is this person? I mean, to a degree, who is this person? What do they really value, and how can I speak to that? Um, and you know, a lot of people don't just air their good stuff, but they also air their bad stuff, and so it can kind of also help show you as a minister, as a counselor. Um, what can you do to uh, help this person have a better life? And yeah. um, and I think there's a lot of value in that. Mm-hmm. And you, you, like you said earlier, like introvert, extrovert, like you see both on social media, right? Like yeah. you'll have people on there who do the stories, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where you can show a little video of yourself and what's going on for like 10 seconds. And you can do that on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. And it, and maybe, and that's, and that's part of that family system that's happening, right? As they feed into it. And as we feed into it, it, it's building this narrative Mm -hmm. that's changing all of our lives. But then Mm -hmm. I'll have the guy that I'll see in the hall and I'll be like, what's up, man? And he'll be like, nothing. I was like, all right, cool. Talk to you later or whatever. And guess what? Last night, literally last night, like he's, you know, direct messaging me on Snapchat, you know, about behavioral health stuff. And like, he just. You know what I mean? But he wants to talk. It's just in a venue he's comfortable with. Absolutely. Oh, man, I love it. Absolutely love it. I've had so many of those soldiers that will be so um, overly, you know, just this machismo in front of everybody else. But then you get those those direct messages that they find you in a social media platform because you participate and they see your presence there. And when they want to engage, they engage and they reach out for help and you're like, boom, got them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like fishing where you're just waiting to sink the hook so you can show them. I've been here for you the entire time. I'm so glad that I can help you out. Absolutely. Awesome. Right. Yes. I think that's definitely (laughs) what you're getting at, man. I'm, I'm getting jazzed over here. I got the, 
and a little more, a little more lemonade. <laughs> and it's actually lemonade. It really is lemonade. It's, it's um, so there, there is something generational to it too. You know, we wanted yes. to touch, said we want to touch on that. Like, please, you know, as as we were sharing, probably with you know leadership and people of you know uh, very high rank. You know, many of them uh, kind of had a, a fear of social media, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, for those years of war and probably rightly so. And, and, and so there was just kind of a, you know, kind of a push away of it. But they but they were all saying they'd all come up to us afterwards and be like, I can't get my kids off Snapchat or I can't get my kids off Instagram. You know, like, yep. who are the soldiers of today? And, and so there, there really is a, a, a generational gap there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not saying like the, the older generation ha- has to get on it to engage, but uh, Drew and I are, you know, we are 40, but we are kind of a, a bridge, so to speak, where we, mm-hmm. you know, we, mm-hmm. we kind of grew up in the analog, but are now mm-hmm. we can really adapt to digital very well. And we're engaging in these soldiers that are 20 somethings that this is their world. They, they are digital platforms. So there is a, a language that's different between the two and, and, and the chaplaincy gives you such a, and, and particular, maybe our generation or age just gives us such a unique mm-hmm. lane because we, yeah. we kind of can speak both languages. Still. Yeah. I, I think the thing that's interesting and what I, what I've found over time, um, like presenting this paper at the symposium and uh, henceforth is that some people are naturally like, oh yeah, this is perfect. I totally understand what you're saying. I need to do this. And then there's some people that are very hesitant. Um, you know, we, in, in our paper and in our discussion, we really talked about there's physical communities and virtual communities and yeah. that the two are not mutually exclusive, yeah. um, but they overlap. And, mm-hmm. um, and the thing that was interesting is the older people got majority, the less likely they understood the virtual community. And I think James is right, is we kind of came our age, we kind of naturally navigate between the two fairly well. Because um, I remember my first uh, person I met that um, the first person I knew that met someone online and got married to him, that's where they first met the person. And yeah. I was like, I was blown away. I was like 22 or 21. When that happened, I was like, Whoa, that's kind of weird. But yeah. now like, most people, that's how they meet other people or, or a good portion of their relationship development is online between mm-hmm. the husband and spouse. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's that paradigm shift of under, of recognizing how much things have changed. We sometimes miss it because it's incremental day by day. And we might not be a part of that virtual community, but that virtual community is just as real and just as powerful for, um, you know, the younger generations. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize that there's a lot of power in it and we can, I don't like using the word use because I feel like that kind of makes it seem like we're scheming, but we can no. leverage that to um, to like be a part of people's lives and love them and be there for them. And yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to say use or utilize. I don't think, I mean, I don't think it means you're trying to scheme any, any, uh, participation in any of these platforms by anybody is done for a purpose, whether that's, yeah, that's for themselves to make themselves feel good or to make, which isn't a bad thing, you know, mm-hmm. or to distract themselves. So everybody's using it for a purpose or a reason Yeah. for us as chaplains. We're really trying to use it for a, for two, a temporal reason and an mm-hmm. eternal reason. Yeah. And that temporal sense of while you're here prior to the afterlife, we want to, you know, we want yeah. to abundance of life. <laughs> In right. the afterlife, we want it to be even better. And yeah. so we're trying to communicate, like what you said earlier, um, value and meaning. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, James, you were talking about <clears throat> generational. We, there's actually a micro generation between uh, Generation X and Millennials. And it's from 1977 to 1980. And they're called Zennials. Because we all grew up analog. When I tell Mm -hmm. my boys, they're like, so when did you get email? And I'm like, I didn't use email until like a year after college. And they're like, like, how did you exist? How did you live? (laughs) And I was like, no. But I've been able to evolve in the sense of, so here at CGSE, we have these staff groups of 16 people. We all sit around in a horseshoe and we're all on group me. And depending on whether or not that, in, in all honesty, the, the instruction is engaging, we're all sharing memes, which I had not even oh, thought. Yeah. Did you guys share memes 
like when when I was teaching. Uh, <laughs> there, 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 there were some. There, <laughs> there were some. <laughs> you know we'll, we won't say who the instructors were that we were sharing them. Uh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that. I'll leave that to you guys. That's your. <laughs> I'm sure I don't want my instructors to see some of the memes that we've shared. So, um, but, and, and like, interesting. Though, but the, like the group text now, like you know, like. Somebody puts something out and there's almost like not even a verbal communication anymore. It's, it's yeah, right. just, they just share a meme or share another meme or, you know what I mean? It's all in, uh, you know, images and, and yeah. different things, you know? Yeah. So that's another. Yeah. The, the interesting, happening. yeah, the, 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 the part of our paper was like, we talked about social media being an, uh, an initiator of community, but it's also a sustainer of community. Yeah. And um, like our class is a perfect example. Like there's uh, we're still part of, you know, we have a Facebook page and uh, we also have a, uh, um, group a, chat. Groupie, a group yeah. chat and we're sending each other like our like, hey, do you guys have this product? I need this product so I can adapt it. So uh, or, hey, we just did this um, and we cheer for each other. We pray yeah. for each other. Like, so that's still ongoing. And though I, there's a few people that I see from our class occasionally, like I've only seen James once in person since we graduated and that was at this uh, symposium, but we're still in contact regularly mm -hmm. with each other. And so um, our friendship, which may have, you know, if we didn't use these things may have like gone to the wind until, you know, some umpteen years later when we run into each other has right. been maintained and we're kind of up on where each other are at and what's going on mm -hmm. and it's ongoing. And I've had people pray for me that I haven't seen since when I've been going through hard times and it's been really, it's been really good yeah. um, having that. And I, Which, and I think that's because of the, it's literally, it's the engagement People, yeah. you know, it's because because people are stepping into that stream they are putting into that infinity loop of you know just the narrative and like you saying praying and caring for one another like it it, it just it's real that was one mm -hmm. of the questions they're like is it really real or you know are you sticking on your you know vr goggles and pretending to be somewhere it's like nah it's this is really real like mm -hmm. for real for real you know and mm -hmm. the one of the things we we talked about or you know and still talk about is it's it's legitimate engagement for mm -hmm. for this so the army can't solve the problem by saying oh let's hire more public affair officers to put out more information digitally right like right. that's that doesn't get to what we're trying to do you know yeah. it's it's about yeah you do need the advertisement and informational content but it, it's it's what's crucial is the engagement Yep. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's what we're seeing today as you're starting to see as things get more restricted mm -hmm. and more chapels are going to like a Facebook live model for, for a while. Like it doesn't, we're not, we're not, if we are serving a purpose by putting our, our sermons out there and letting people still have it, but they still have that felt need. They still want that engagement. They still want to do the one another's and care for one another and pray for one another. And how does that happen online? Mm -hmm. Well, the younger generation, it's very natural. They yeah. they already yeah. do it that way. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah. the 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 more archaic methods or or uh, institutions that are are having a harder time adapting. And we even saw that at a we were, we were in a, a a big meeting about how are we going to do this at Fort Riley, and and it was the chapels that um, were like the learning curve was the hardest, and yep. in our auxiliary ministries like PWOC or Homefront Heroes or the children or, you know, like club one, you know, our youth ministry, stuff like that. Like they were like, Oh, well they're, they're already active. They're already doing this online. So it was mm -hmm. like, okay, good. But again, that was kind of a generational thing where you saw the, the chapels uh, just needing probably a little more uh, information and how, like, what's kind of the point and how do we engage online just because they mm -hmm. haven't experienced it. But mm -hmm. the ministries that are probably run by our volunteers or, or younger families, like they just already operate like that. And yeah, so yeah. anyway, that's kind of where we're at today is kind of like, OK, guys, like we can we can go Facebook live. But really what we're trying to do is engage. And how are we going to, you know, get people to feel loved and seen mm -hmm. even this way? This which time? which is why I wanted to to bring you guys on and to put this out. And I, I see that uh, that. Uh, 
Brandon is online, so he's probably listening. And, and so this will probably go pretty live pretty quick um, and pretty big. But it's for the you used the perfect word for all this, which is engagement. Yeah. And um, I totally agree with the concept of staying six feet away from uh, people currently because I'm a germaphobe by nature. And so doing away doing away with handshaking man it's just like everybody just walked into my perfect world um but it's uh i hate the term social distancing um i if if it's you know if it's proximity management then even better but uh even yesterday we're all on quarantine which everybody defines it differently. Some people elevate isolationism or some quarantine. I don't know which way, <laughs> but everybody's out walking their dog. It was a beautiful day at Fort Lovemorth yesterday. Everybody's out walking, but everybody is maintaining their six foot distance. So you would see this group of like, I don't know, like six people. And because you're not supposed to be in groups larger than six, but they're all about 10 feet away from one another on opposite sides of the street, just still talking. And mm-hmm. so there's, while there are, well, there's proximity management. There's there's a lack of social distance, and people are staying connected because they need that in in times like right. this Absolutely. when people are feeling been, fear. Go ahead. Know, like I like the word, you know, like we've been seeing a little bit of like you know um, social solidarity. You yes. know, like how are we gonna like overcome the mm-hmm. distancing, which sounds negative or punitive, yeah. mm-hmm. versus like how can we be creative to uh, right. you know come together still just like you're giving those examples of people on the street yeah. walking the dogs you know yeah. Yeah. And, I, and i think a real quick example of how someone could do that for their chapel ministry or even you know on their personal stuff is instead of like putting the information out like hey make sure you stay six feet apart but you know still love each other you know something like that you yeah. could rephrase it in such a way as Hey, as we uh, are trying to, you know, care for each other by keeping, um, you know, some proximity between us, how have you like managed this or how are, what are creative ways are you, you know, engaging with your friends and your family and you post that. And then what you're doing is you're inviting people to a conversation and you're engaging them in the process. Mm -hmm. It's an invitation for them to be a part. You're not just like blasting information, which we in the military have a problem. Like mm-hmm. we just blast information. We don't want that conversation typically, but um, we're in this place where, you know, we need to develop and grow in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the younger generations, that's what they want as well. Um, so mm-hmm. we could definitely, our phraseology can change just ever so slightly and can make a huge impact, um, especially in our chapel, on our face, chapel Facebooks and mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth. We're not there yet, but one of the ideas I love is just, you know, you can have private groups on Facebook, right? So your chapel just starts creating private groups, which basically look like a small group. Yeah. Maybe it's people on your street or in your community. And it's like, and you can throw stuff up there, your prayer request or your praise Mm -hmm. report, or, hey, uh, I'll give you a roll of toilet paper for two eggs or just the, the, the needs of the community. Mm-hmm. literally on your street, you know, and then maybe uh, you point out somebody that's kind of like a Bible study or moderator for that group. Maybe you could do it yeah, that way, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, let's do an online Bible study with this closed group. And, and you put up a passage of a couple verses and you curate just a, a little bit of it, mm-hmm. but you let people engage by throwing in their two cents or how, what they want to pray about, or, you know, how this affects them or, you know, cause again, it comes back to just loving them and seeing them and letting them community solidarity social solidarity together i love that idea that you just uh shared and and if you guys have some crazy i'm an idea guy so um if you have something that's like absolutely crazy insane out of the box before we wrap it up throw it out there i don't care how silly it is um (laughs) because we're at a place where not only do we need to think uh much more creatively we need also need to have the humility um, because it's an ADP six dash, what, is it six O or seven dash 22? I forget which one. It's mm-hmm. a, it's the new attribute. Did you guys hear about that? Mm-mm. Maybe because we're at the home of doctrine yeah. and that humility is actually being put into the army leadership competencies. Oh, so wow. you guys, very cool. Yeah. You guys would have rated extremely high on it when you were going through Bullock. Cause you remember in Bullock, <laughs> we were like, you know, leads, develops, achieves character, presence, and intellect. Well, humility yeah. is the seventh one now. Oh, and wow. so having the humility, mm-hmm. cause they realized a leader can have all six of those, but if they don't have humility, they could still be pretty toxic. Um, mm-hmm. 
But having that humility is what makes a leader completely different. It adds that extra something um, uh, from good to great uh, by Jim Collins says that's the differentiator between a level four and a level five leader. So having the humility to go, I'm not doing it right or I don't know all things. What are some new different ways that I can do this and change and shift and grow? And how do I become adaptive or how do I if I know I can't fully adapt? as maybe an, an older leader, if they feel like I can't fully adapt, can't fully change, how do I still encourage others in their change, even if it seems risky to me? And so that's a, a key component of if you feel like you can't fully adapt or change, how do you help other people adapt and change and, and absorb the complexity of what may feel risky to you, which is like, you know, some people go, I, I, I want to be the person that tells you exactly what this means rather than go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this scripture out, or I'm going to throw this idea out in a small Facebook group. What do you all think about it? Let's, let's discuss, let's all weigh in all, all things are valid, trusting that we can navigate that ship to where we know where it wants to go eventually, but to, to live in that complexity. Does that sound a little yeah. sound odd? I, no, I, no, you know, no. I, you know, I, in a, in a sense, I would say the answer or part of the answer or solution to that is like, we're better together, right? Yes. Like right. You, you, you have wisdom with people that have been doing this a long time, but maybe they're just not familiar with these new mm-hmm. platforms. Yeah. And then you have maybe somebody who's is, but hasn't been around long. You put them together and mm-hmm. you, you know, like, magic happens you know like yeah. it it can work yeah i think i think that's the key is really it's like the team effort because yep. you have people that um for instance uh, i recorded a, a short video for somebody and then i had a guy that uh, another chaplain came to me and there was like he was like hey drew great video um next time try this this and this and tweak it and the video will be a thousand times better like appealing to the eye i'm not a yep. video guy so i didn't know those tricks but like yeah. i was like oh that's perfect and so yeah. i think there's that humility and like everybody has probably a little bit something that they can bring to the table yeah. and no idea is necessarily a bad idea it might need some refining and some tweaking uh-huh. um, and i think it's the humility of putting stuff out there and knowing especially when it's something new like this trying to navigate it being okay with not getting it perfect or right initially Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that's the key, right? I mean, with yeah. all things, yeah. when you're navigating something new is recognizing that, you know, I might stumble a little bit as long as I'm not like saying horrible things, it's probably okay. And yeah, that's yeah. the thing with social media too, is like people, it's kind of more in the moment thing. You don't have uh-huh. a whole lot of things that sustain. Yeah. And the ex- people yeah, are, you're absolutely right. The expectation yeah. is not at that level, right? Cause you, you can put out something really polished as a post. Yep. But if you do a Facebook story or an Instagram story, like it's more behind the scenes. You get to kind of see what, yeah. you know, it, what's going on. Like the expectation isn't for it to be uh, super polished, but it, it, you know, I would just encourage, you know, anybody that's listening or going to do Facebook live, it's time to publish, right? You know, yep. Like yep. you need to put it out there mm-hmm. and, and, and guess what your audience, like we were telling, we have three uh, Protestant services here and we're kind of getting ready and everyone's a little nervous about what phone to use and like Drew saying the angles and all that. And we, we yeah. kind of talked through that. And I, and I just kind of kept reminding everybody like, guys, like you're just ask for grace as we start, yeah, yeah. Right? you know, like, yeah. like, Hey, guess what? We're going to be humble about it. You know, like this is our first time using it and we're in new bounds and new territories, but we love you and we want to be here. So let's do this, you know, like, yeah. and you're going to gain a lot of kudos or, you know, trust for yeah. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was something I saw on Facebook a couple of days ago, and I, my wife and I were cracking up. But there was this pastor that was trying to do Facebook Live for the first time, and he hit something. Yeah, it was like rotating, like all the different like face things that you know that get thrown on you. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like yeah. one minute he was like a witch, the next minute he was a dog, the next yeah, minute yeah. he had like yeah. uh, sunglasses on. As he's giving this like serious <laughs> message, <laughs> and, uh, we might just um, use that intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well played. I see. What yeah. You're <laughs> um, but dude, like that got so much traction. Like I'm yep. sure, like that's making its rounds out there, and more people are hearing the message. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this guy was tr- willing to try something and he flubbed it up a little bit. But yeah. now it's something that's talked about. I mean, it's even on this podcast now. So, yeah. um, you know, like I think that's where it's at is are you willing to be a part of the community? There's yep. grace when you're a part of a community. When you're not a part of a community, there's no opportunity for grace. 
Absolutely. And so it's it's authenticity. Yeah, and yeah. Think about the things that made a huge difference in your life. It probably wasn't something perfectly polished. It probably was something that was appropriately authentic, transparent, and and, and maybe uh, maybe raw in the mm-hmm. in the right context and the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, where somebody was, you could tell that the message was so much more important than getting it perfectly right. That the eighty percent solution was 110% effective. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So we got to wrap this up because my wife tells me, um, uh, she does podcasts She's all right. the time. She's she, she is right. She is correct. <laughs> um, but that you got to have it like under a certain amount of time frame, or people tune off, but they, they have nothing. Yeah. She just texted me. Yep. Um, so she's, <laughs> she's listening upstairs. There you go. So I'm a good husband. I know what I'm doing. Um, just kidding. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, what, uh, what do you want to say? I mean, for any of the chaplains or any of the chapel communities that may be out there listening and then want to figure out, okay, during this time of proximity management, uh, mm-hmm. uh copyright at weather's 2020, uh, <laughs> during this time of proximity management, how do we, uh, how do we decrease our social distance? Yeah, I I think one of the bottom lines is people need to see you in their social media scroll. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you need to be posting, you need to be caring for those who God's put in your place. Mm -hmm. And and the best way and one of the few ways you can do it right now is through social media. So I would Mm -hmm. just start posting and, uh, you know, with obviously prayer and all that, but, Mm -hmm. you know, get get online. Yeah. Yeah. And memes don't discount humor. No. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes memes speak more than what anything else says. Um, but uh, I would say the one thing I would say that is probably now's the time. I mean, practically it's the time because we aren't able to meet together. But the other thing is because th- like this is fresh and new for everybody um, is now's the time where you're going to probably experience the most amount of grace. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if you flub up or you screw up, people are going to be a lot more understanding than maybe if it's 10 years from now, if that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. get on there now. And um, I think the the places that you might want to find yourself, uh, that might be the easiest way to kind of get involved with. I mean, Facebook is a definite thing. If you're not a part of Facebook, you're way behind the times. Yeah. Statistically, like uh, Facebook's important. I'd say the other is Instagram. Um yeah. Twitter is is okay, but that's like such a small percentage of the population. You could probably yeah. forego that right now. And I'd say Snapchat is another thing that it's kind of hard to kind of get your head wrapped around. But mm-hmm. two good starting places would be Instagram and Facebook. They're both owned by Facebook, and so you can link if you post a fit a, a, a video or a story or a picture on Instagram, you can send it straight to your Facebook feed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. that's like easy, low hanging fruit. You can get two platforms in one post. Yep. So, and for that, you're going to capture over 90% of the U S population. Yes. You got everybody that knows two. Yes. Wow. And, and there's tons of how to videos on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, if you don't know how to do something, look, ask it and look it up on YouTube and there'll be someone that tells you how to do it. Yep. Yep. And so I know you mentioned Twitter that Twitter is really good for, I follow Twitter. Um, I follow a lot of folks on Twitter strictly for like big brain, deep thinking things like strategy, the strategy bridge, and even to follow like what general Abrams does over in, uh, the U S F K and, um, was it, uh, dog face at dog face soldier as well as general Donahoe and what Mm -hmm. they've done. Like they have managed the crisis in Korea exceptionally well. And like one of the biggest parts of that is the amount of communication they've done through Twitter and Facebook. They have used Mm -hmm. social media to fight this fight extremely well. So kudos to them. Um, but thanks you guys for being here. Um, thank you. uh, I'll, I'll tag you guys so people can now follow you for, for more content. And, uh, so there you go. You'll, you'll actually have to start creating some more content and engaging people. (laughs) Um, but in the, in the midst of all this, don't, uh, don't forget the family that's right around you as well for any of us. Um, but I just want to say, um, I think the world of you guys, and really love you. And um, I'm just so proud of what you're doing out there for your community, for Christ, um, for, in our faith tradition, for Christ, for, for, for God. And um, you guys are killing it and keep doing it. Um, know that you're being prayed for and that you're loved from a distance. Um, uh, 
because it's proximity management. Um, (laughs) So thank you guys for being on here and I will holler at you guys later. All right. Thank you very much, sir. We love you too. Thanks for all investing in us. Thank you for listening to the Life Giver podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please share the podcast with other service couples that may benefit from the show. If you're feeling especially grateful, head on over to patreon.com forward slash life giver or find the link in today's show notes where for just a couple of dollars, you can help breathe life into more service families. If you'd like more information about me or Life Giver, head on over to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org. Have you been-